0: Hello, and welcome to the Third Thoughts Podcast. This podcast is designed to encourage people from all walks of life to continue forward in their faith journey, as well as in their own personal lives. My name is Andrew Dixon, and I want to invite you to walk alongside me today As we go into Season 2, Episode 6, entitled, Are You Leaving a Legacy? Today's topic comes from the Holy Bible, from the book of Isaiah, chapter 39, verses 5 through 8. And it says, Then Isaiah said to Hezekiah, hear the word of the lord of hosts behold the days are coming when all that is in your house and that which your fathers have stored up till this day shall be carried to babylon nothing shall be left says the lord and some of your own sons who will come from you whom you will father shall be taken away and they shall be eunuchs in the palace of the king of Babylon. Then Hezekiah said to Isaiah, the word of the Lord that you have spoken is good. For he thought there will be peace and security in my days. As we usually do before every episode, let us pray dear gracious father forgive us of all our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness and sin keep us from every sin and every evil that all our doings in life may please you please come in to this conversation and reveal to us that which we need from you encouragement from your word, from your spirit, from your very presence that will carry us until the next time we meet. In Jesus' name, amen. So, one thing that I am very careful not to do, and it's something that I've learned, and I I try to implement it every time I go into scripture, is making sure that I am not being judgmental towards the people that are within the scriptures. Because many of these men and women are exactly like you and I. They were born into sin. And even though they've had their own personal encounters with God, they still had moments where they failed, just like us. And so I try to not uh, judge them or look at them critically, but more so look at their lives and be able to appreciate that I live in the after of their lives and that I can take their faults into account and say okay this is something that i shouldn't do or that i should make sure that if this is how i'm living then since i have time i can change through prayer and faith in jesus christ and so as an example there are people that will chastise adam and eve for everything that we see now as far as sin is concerned well while yes eve was tempted sin came into the world when adam ate of the apple because well ate of the fruit so that's another thing that's another misconception um where where are whenever they talk about the fruit they always say the apple well in scripture there is no reference of what exact fruit it was it just says that it was a fruit on the tree and they weren't supposed to eat that fruit but they didn't realize that they were naked. They didn't realize that sin had came into their lives only until Adam ate of the fruit. And when he ate it, that's when sin entered the world because God gave the commandment to Adam. Right? And so, I don't judge Adam at all because when I look at sin and temptation as it as it pertains to my life, I know I've messed up a bunch of times in that area, knowing I shouldn't do something and did it anyway, right? And so, if I, knowing that, knowing that I have succumbed to that temptation before, many times, I better not ever judge him on it. But when I read this scripture a few days ago, it stirred up something in me. And I'll be honest, I was angry a little bit when I was reading it because in, pre, in a previous chapter, King Hezekiah, he got another word from the Lord. And God was telling him to get his affairs in order because uh, the sickness that he was experiencing in his body, um, that God was letting him know that he would not recover. So he, you know, God and his grace was giving him time to set his affairs in order. Now, you know, as well as I do, not everybody gets that grace. Not everybody gets that understanding to know that, okay, you're about to die soon. You need to go, you know, make things right. Do whatever you need to do. To get your affairs in order, right? And so he hears this word from the Lord and he prays to God and begs God to spare his life. You know, and in the in just the, the passion of his prayer, God answers it and extends his life to a certain amount of uh days. I, I forget how long. It was it was a decent amount of time he got extended. And so, I mean, you're talking about grace on top of grace, right? And so here he is at the end, having to confront being at the end of his life. And he's begging God to give him more time. And God gives it to him. Now we're in chapter 39. And he's he's visited by um, the son of... You know, he he says at the time, Merodach, Baladon, and I might be saying that wrong. I'm sorry. The son of Baladon, king of Babylon, sent envoys with letters and a present to Hezekiah. Now, certain men came from the king of Babylon and they came to visit Hezekiah when they heard that God had you know, healed him and given him an extended life, right? Well, he invites them into his house and shows them everything in his palace. And when Isaiah the prophet asks him, he says, uh, he said, what did these men say? And from where did they come to you? And Hezekiah said, they have come to me from a far country, from Babylon. He said, what have they seen in your house? And Hezekiah answered, they have seen all that is in my house. There is nothing in my storehouses that I did not show them. So here men have come with evil motive, right? They don't have the best of intentions in coming. And unbeknownst to him, he ends up showing them every part of his palace. So they know exactly where to go now to get whatever they wanted. They know what he has, they didn't scope the whole place out. And so the Lord gives. Isaiah the prophet, a word to give to King Hezekiah. And he receives this word that foretells him that everything in his house that he stored up, him and his fathers have stored up. He says, it shall be carried away into Babylon and that nothing will be left. And not only that, his sons will be eunuchs. They're going to be serving the king of Babylon. They're not going to be free. And when he heard this, he tells the prophet Isaiah, the word of the Lord that you have spoken is good for he thought there will be peace and security in my days. And it made me so upset because here's a man who at the end, when confronted with the end of his life, begs God to spare him. But now that he hears that not only is all that his fathers before him, his grandfathers, all of them have worked for including what he's been able to store up is going to be taken away captive by other people that didn't do anything to help with it and that his sons are going to be servants some of his sons are going to be servants of these people that stole from him and the only thought in his mind is that well at least it's not going to happen in my days my days are secured with peace Now, again, I'm not sitting up here saying like, okay, I'm mad at King Hezekiah and this, that, and the other. Lord forbid, right? But I was upset because your kids, you don't want your kids to have to go through that. You want your kids, you should want your kids to be protected, to be well taken care of when you're gone. And then the real unfolding has come today because... I now realize why I was upset. I was upset because I haven't focused on that enough in my own life. Uh, It's so easy for me to think like, okay, I'm going to do enough to make it through this day. It's not enough to just do enough to make it through the day. I should be focusing on making it through the day with a mind that's also thinking, is what I'm doing today counting towards the tomorrow of not just my wife, but my son? Am I thinking enough of being in a position to help people that are closest to me when they need help? Or am I just doing enough to take care of me and those in my house? Yeah, I'm angry, but I'm not angry at King Hezekiah. I'm angry at myself because I see a part of myself in what he said. You know, I love my father. God rest his soul. He was a great man. But you know something, when he died, I was being, I felt like I was in a tug of war. It was like, it was some people that wanted me to, you know, you know, pursue, you know, getting his house and, you know, making sure that I got his possessions and this, that, and the other. And there were some on the other side who were fearful of that because they didn't know how they were going to make it if I did that. And my thought towards it was I did not come here to take a bunch of my dad's stuff. I didn't come here to take over his house. I don't even know the status of the house. I know he still had to pay on it. And I'm like, I'm not in any position to take care of that right now. And even if I was, I don't know what was supposed to be given to me because there wasn't a will prepared. There wasn't any planning involved in his demise. And so I don't know to this day what was supposed to be mine and what wasn't. Therefore, I came with nothing i left the house with nothing and i don't hate him for that i don't begrudge him for that but one of the things that it has taught me is that i need to focus on the after of my life more than i'm focusing on the present of my life because i'm 37 my son is three I pray to God that I am able to see him, his wife, his children. But if that is not something that is afforded to me, then I need to make sure that he is taken care of. The question today is, are you leaving a legacy? And I'm not talking about a legacy of, oh, you did these great things in your life, and you did this, and people remember you, and they they revere all the good things, no no, 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 I'm saying with all of that stuff that you've done personally in your life, is any of that going to lead to a legacy being left for your children? Is it leaving anything for your spouse? Is it leaving anything for your parents? I don't want to continue to walk in the selfishness that I've been walking in. Thinking only of myself and making it through the day. No, I'm fired up because now I see, okay, I messed up in this area. I don't know how long I have to live on this earth. I need to be making steps towards thinking about the future of my family and making that the priority. And so, I don't know where you are today. But I I want to put this thought into your mind. If God has given you a vision for a business, then Is the funding that comes in to your business is that just to fund vacations and trips and cars and houses and things for yourself or are you trying to build this company up to a level to where it's something that you can pass on to your kids as an asset to help them so that they won't have to know poverty long after you're gone? Has has your mindset and my mindset changed from rich to wealthy yet? Because I had a wealthy man explain to me the difference. He told me, he said, Drew, you don't never want to be rich. You want to be wealthy. He asked me, he said, do you know the difference? And I said, no, I don't. He said, Rich people are the people that win the lottery, people that make something, a software system or something, and it sells for millions of dollars. He said that's rich. That's money for them that may not extend past their lifetime very long. He said wealthy people are like the Heinz Corporation that makes ketchup. It's been around for many years and we're still buying Heinz ketchup. You're talking about Pepsi. You're talking about Coca-Cola. You're talking about BP and mobile and all these, all of these institutions where a Ford, where something was built by somebody and their multiple generations after them still living off of the legacy of that one person. I'm tired of having a rich mentality and I'm ready to live a wealthy mentality. It's not enough for people to say, man, Drew, he was a great, he was a a good graphic designer. Drew, you know, he had a he had a very good podcast. I like listening to it. It's not enough. Okay, I did all of that, but what I did, did it leave any particular legacy for my son? Is what I've done able to help carry him in his life? And it's not always financial. Are you leading a life that is a good example for your offspring? Are you using your influence to encourage those after you to to be better and to aim for higher? If our answer is no, then today while we have breath, let us repent for not having that mindset in the first place. And seek after God's goodness and see what can we do moving forward to ensure that those behind us will be better off than where we started at. And that that wouldn't stop in their generation, but would continue generation after generation. Let's break these poor mindsets. And lean on God to lead us to where we ultimately need to be in Christ. I thank you for listening. I thank you for your support. For every person that follows me on social media, thank you so much. For every critique, thank you so much because it only makes the podcast better. Again, my name is Andrew Dixon. I'm not your pastor, but I am your brother in Christ, wanting and desiring to encourage you just as so many people have encouraged me in my own personal life. I love you, but more importantly, always remember that God loves you more and he loves you more than you could ever imagine. Take care. Be safe. May God bless everybody. Peace.